All right, welcome in episode 118 of the Hawkerettes podcast. I'm Travis Chardon, and well, with me, not as always, Spencer Maddox. He is back into Spencer San Diego mode on vacation this week. We will hear from him later in the episode, uh, sending us a clip from his cruise boat in the Caribbean um, in classic Spencer fashion. But we do have a couple things for you. We have a uh, response from the Herb Brothers, who will not be named on this podcast. Uh, we have a response for their golf challenge. We'll have that clip to let you guys hear what the Herb Brothers think and their nonsense. We got Spencer responding to that clip, um, and then myself responding to that clip as well. Uh, and then we'll welcome on Mike Anthony, um, who is our resident Spencer Maddox pin- pinch hitter here on Hot Grits Podcast. Uh, talk to him a little bit about Georgia Southern baseball and their run coming to an end this past weekend. Uh, Mike Anthony, I believe, was in Statesboro for the proceedings. So we'll talk to him about that and maybe a little NL East Braves Phillies chatter as both teams are trying desperately to catch uh, the now red hot New York Mets. But before we get going, Coach's Corner, the number one sports bar in Savannah. You know them, you love them. www.coaches.net. 3016 East Victory Drive, or if you want to call ahead, it's 912-352-2933, 912-352-2933, Monday through Friday, daily lunch specials, all weekend, almost every weekend, we got concerts over there, and of course, you got sports plastered all over the wall, every TV you can imagine, um, I think I will be there over at Coach's Corner for Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Uh, later on this week. So tell them we sent you. Check out the other Coach's Corner Sports Network shows. That's Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain, Carl DeMossi on Wednesday and Saturday mornings uh, talking local sports with a bunch of interviews with local athletes and coaches. You can catch that on his Facebook page and on YouTube. And then also check out the Who is on First Base baseball podcast with Kyle Lawson and Carl DeMossi. Check all those guys out, and when you go to Coach's Corner, tell the owner we sent you. Tell John Henderson we sent you, and he'll hook it up there on that bill for you. Go like Coach's Corner on Facebook for all the Coach's Corner Sports Network shows. All right, uh, let's get after it for a 118th time Hot Reds podcast. Ain't nobody I mean, I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers. You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, crank his heat or something, punch yeah. him right in the face, punch the little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out. Come on, You over there. You over there. All right, as we've mentioned before, there has been a golf challenge summer showdown issued, not by us, but by the Year Brothers. Uh, they called me Sunday night after Game 7 of the Celtics Heat Series and said they wanted to challenge us in golf. Uh, that will be disputed later in this podcast. They believe that we challenged them, but I have the receipts. We did not challenge them. The Herb Brothers want Travis and Spencer over nine holes. That's what I've been told. They want us over nine holes live streamed on the Coach's Corner Facebook page tentatively in late June. Uh, we have the infamous Coach's Corner Facebook live rant 
by one of the Herb brothers. I'm not going to name them. One of the Herb brothers. And we've clipped it in to this episode. I put a little music behind it so as to entertain you while you listen to this absolute nonsense. Uh, after you listen, I'll correct a couple things and then let you guys listen to what Spencer Maddox, Spencer San Diego, uh, has said in response. Then I'll chime in. Uh, and later in the episode, we'll get to Mike Anthony. But for right now, let's take a listen to some of what the Air Brothers had to say on last week's Coach's Corner live stream. Listen to this nonsense. And Travis and Spencer has called us out. I'm right here at Coach's Corner. We don't bring the scene out very often, but they have called us out. They want to do a nine-hole tournament to play for the trophy of everything. They want this trophy so bad, it's unbelievable. And let me tell you, they can't do bowling anymore, obviously. They practiced for weeks before we did that. So obviously it didn't work out very good for them because we still have the trophy. So now they have picked another tournament. It is a golf tournament, of all golf tournaments, right here at Coach's Corner. And I can't wait to do it. Let me tell you what we're doing. We're gonna have a nine hole tournament on a golf course, hopefully not Mega Park, we'll go to Crossroads somewhere else, but we're gonna have a nine hole tournament and me and Brent are gonna play four of them. It's gonna be Lawrence Bennett, our producer, Brandon Bain, the guy from Rubbin' and Grubbin' who I love to death. I don't even know if he's involved yet. And Travis and Spencer. We're going to do a scramble. We're going to let them play their four best balls, go to the next shot, play their, you know, the next best ball they got. And it's just going to be me and Brent back here trying to follow up behind them. But we're going to play for this trophy again. They want this trophy. Travis texted me just a minute ago. We want this trophy. And I hope it works out for him. I don't think it's going to work out very good for him. And I'm calling him out now because he said I called them out. I didn't call them out. Lawrence wanted us to get together. Travis came here tonight when I'm picking my NASCAR cars, said, hey man, you called us out. I said, no, I didn't. But now I'm calling you out. I'm done with this. Everybody in your places with your sunshiny faces, Travis, I am calling you out now. Me and Brent are gonna play you, Spencer, Lawrence, and Brandon. Scramble tournament, nine holes. We'll see how it works out. I can't wait for it. I know you want this trophy, but you know what? The confidence level's probably going down a little bit. I'm just saying, because you, you don't want to do bowling. Now we're going golf. I don't know what's going to be next. Basketball, flag football, I don't know, half rubber. We can do anything you want to do. But the next thing we're doing is golf. So God bless your heart. We can't wait to play you. Okay, so several things are wrong with this. Um, I'll wait till Spencer gets back from vacation to really clear the air on this. But a couple of things. We want it to be two on two on two on two, however many teams there want to be. But Spencer and I will be playing together. We're not going to have any extra people on our team because that's a built-in advantage that when we beat the Air Brothers, they'll blame it on that. So that's step one. That ain't going to happen. Um, step two is that we want the trophy. Yeah, we want the trophy, 
but that's not why we're playing. We're playing for pride. We're playing for the children. We're playing for charity, playing for all these things. The Erd brothers are playing simply because they're bored, I guess. They want to talk about the bowling tournament. They had an easy path to the championship. An easy path to the championship. Meanwhile, Spencer and I had to go through a gauntlet, beating every number one seed there was, just to arrive at the championship again for the kiddos. For the kiddos. But no, we're ready. Spencer and I will be ready. Anytime, any place, anywhere, we'll be ready, and that trophy will be ours. We need to nail down the specifics of this rule, of these rules, because we can't let the Herb Brothers just go on stage whenever they want, go on Coach's Corner Facebook and live stream so they can set the parameters, so they can set the rules, so they can have things just how they like them. No, not on our watch, not on the Hawk Ripped podcast watch. So without further ado, let's hear what Spencer Maddox had to say when I gave him the clip of the Air Brothers talking all that garbage. Spencer decided to chime in on his phone on the deck of a cruise boat in the Caribbean. Here's what our guy had to say. All right, so I'm out here on vacation. Smoking a stick. I'm up in the casino. And some dude named Herb. Some dude named Herb called me out and spoke for six minutes. I didn't listen to that shit. Fuck that. I just I just I just saw the uh, you know the breakdown. I saw the thumbnail. I was good. I, I I knew what happened. He spoke about me for six minutes. He spoke about Trav. So I wanna up the ante. You know what I mean? I'm feeling good. I'm out here in the Caribbean. Um so Sean and Brent, we'll do a nine-hole bet. We'll do it for charity. It's a good thing. It's a good thing y'all are doing. You know what I mean? I want to be a part of it. But if you can outdrive me, I'll give you a hundred bucks. We'll do a long, we'll do a long drive uh, competition for a hundred dollars. Um, and also, uh, we clearly don't want another two people on our team. Me and Trav can take you. He's a fifteen handicap. He's a competitor though. So that's that's all I need. We'll grind, and we're gonna beat your ass, bro. We're gonna beat your ass. So Sean, Brent, I'm assuming you spell your name S E A N. Seem like that kind of guy. Um, good luck to you, dog. Good luck. You're gonna need it. I don't want to do it closest to the pin, though. It, it just almost doesn't seem fair. Lines up, guys. Lines up. Y'all take care, all right? All right, well, there is Spencer. Nice and lit. You can tell he's feeling quite right. He's confident. Uh, he dropped some curse words. Sorry for the kiddos out there. Um, but look, I think Spencer and I are on the same page. We're going to whoop that ass, and we're going to set these rules to the way that they should be set and not just willy-nilly wing it not just make up rules on the fly. We run, you know, sort of a tighter ship here on Hot Grits Podcast. You guys know that. We play by the rules, folks. We play by the rules. It's a gentleman's sport. Let's be gentlemen about this. It's me face-to-face, set up some rules. So that's exactly what's going to happen. Late June, 
It'll be the biggest golf match in the history of the known universe. Um, I mean, I would say there's the duel in the desert. There is maybe Tiger versus Rocco Media, U.S. Open, a few years back. And then there's this, the greatest golf match that will ever be played, the greatest nine-hole golf match of all time. So stay tuned for that in late June. We are coming for that trophy, son. You know who always gets trophies is John Carr. John Carr is the number one realtor in the known universe. He's at 912-228-0916. 912-228-0916 if you want to call him to learn more about buying or selling real estate in the Savannah area. He's your guy. Check him out at 7505 Waters Avenue at Seaport Real Estate. Also find John Carr online, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But shoot him a text today if you want to know more about the real estate market. That's 912-228-0916. All right, one more ad, and then we'll get you guys to me and Mike Anthony talking a little baseball. All right, Mike Anthony with me now. Um, Monday afternoon, was it June 6th, Mike? June Uh, 6th. June 6th. Uh, you're the resident pinch hitter extraordinaire for Spencer Maddox. It's that time of year, Mike, where Spencer San Diego just takes off across the world. I believe he's in the Caribbean as you and I record for the listeners, as you and I continue to think about the show, even though you're not a regular part of the show, you're, you're invested in it. Um, so I need you to be ready all summer long at the drop of a hat. We could have Spencer going to Egypt next week. Uh, he could be, you know, far west next week. Who knows? But uh, I mean, we I, have billionaires in space now, so you never know. What'd you say? Repeat that for me. We have billionaires launching people into space now, so you never know where he's going to be. Man, do you think Spencer would go into space? I, I, you know what? I have never personally met Spencer. Uh, me, I'm kind of a nervous flyer, but you know what? I'm also the same kind of guy that uh, if I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down in the most glorious possible fashion. So it might as well be with a, you know, rocket just shooting me a million miles into the sun. Well, Mike, you just provided a perfect segue. Uh, someone else went out in glorious fashion this past weekend. Your Georgia Southern Eagles baseball team. Uh, they got to host a regional though, Mike, which is a big deal. Is that more important than winning a conference title? I mean, I think so. The notoriety that it brought, they were on ESPN for three days straight. Hmm. Uh, you know, everything, the, the the money that it brought in is probably going to pay for some improvements of some kind. So, you know, obviously you'd love another uh, championship trophy to put in the case with uh, their what would have been their first Sunbelt championship. And God knows they've had enough cracks at it. But in the long run, there's only 16 teams in the entire country they get to host a regional, there's about 33, 34 or so that get the conference championship. So if you want to go by uh, just sheer math, I guess the tougher thing is to get to host, right? Will they hang a banner? Will they hang a banner um, for 2022 saying that they were the 2022 regional host and the 16th overall national seed? I mean, I don't think they have enough money for that. They're a very uh, penny-pinching organization. Well, but they uh, just hosted a regional, so now they have all that money. But maybe they could pay for a batting cage or something. I don't know. I huh. think they'll put you know another uh, uh, banner up there, a pennant uh, up there on the the facing of the 
uh, press box level, showing that they were at another regional. Maybe they might put an extra little thing on there that says host, but I don't think it gets its own uh, unique category. Now, what would have some? What would have a Sun Belt Conference title have gotten? Anything? I, I mean, it would have gotten a conference championship pennant or something. I, I they've got a, a list for that, I'm sure too, and you know they probably would have been a little bit better seed when it came to national seeding and hosting. Maybe it would have gone different, but I, that's all speculation right now. Were you disappointed when they lost the regional? Were you disappointed in the outcome of the season? Or did you uh, consider it a successful year? Well, those are two different questions. Disappointed in the outcome, of course, because yes. you know, they're, they're good enough to win, and I think they proved that. They played three really good games, and two of them were against teams that were every bit their match and ended up being a little bit better. And, you know, there were no bad calls. There were no fluke plays. It, it was two good games that they just – didn't quite win, but there are going to be a bunch of better teams, a bunch of higher seeds that get to say that either this week or next weekend or in Omaha. So, you know, that's baseball. You know, you and I have played it and watched it all our lives. And when it gets down to two or three games in baseball, anything can happen. And you know what, other than maybe the Notre Dame game, the way that they gave up the two uh, go-ahead runs in that, that was a little bit, you know, shoddy, but that was all their own doing and errors happen, mistakes happen, hit by pitches happen, but they, I think they looked every bit the part of a top 16 national seed and they didn't quite win enough games. So, you know, that's how it goes. Oh, and and there are things that you and I disagree with, but one of the things that I definitely agree with is that all the chatter about Georgia Southern, not, they should have never been a host to begin with is absolute horseshit. Anyone that knows, like, like you can make fun of RPI all you want, but RPI is not biased. Right. And yeah. RPI is, is there, is there to give us a neutral slate to, to grade and judge teams off of. And all Georgia Southern did was win 40 games this season. I mean, they beat it's teams a in order. A brutal schedule, yeah, and like there, there's, but there's ways to nitpick it, right, Mike? Like people want to look at their record versus the top twenty-five. Like that's not a great record, but that's not to be ex- expected to be a great record. But yeah, what man. is what is pretty good is teams twenty-six through one hundred. They just beat up on. I mean, they beat up on the teams that are probably you would consider to be Georgia Southern's peers, right? And on the baseball level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, alluding to how many times Georgia Southern's gotten to that conference championship game and uh, not come through, you know, so many of those times they had to uh, uh, just hope that the NCAA would pick them to be an at-large team. And every single time it was the same thing. Your RPI wasn't good enough. You didn't have a strong enough uh strength of schedule. So this year, Rodney Hennon went out there. He scheduled a murderer's row that was going to give him a good RPI no matter what. And then the fact that the Eagles went out there and won half those games just made it shoot through the roof. So, yeah, you know, to what you were saying, anyone arguing that they shouldn't have been a host, I'd say bullshit to that. If anything, Georgia Southern, their national seed was five spots lower than their finishing RPI. They ended up 11th in RPI. So I'm not arguing they should have been higher, but to anyone saying that they should have been kicked out of hosting, like, you know, go seven spots lower than their RPI, no. Come on. They deserve to do it. They didn't win, but 
there's going to be a couple of hosts that didn't win. And I would also argue that things could have gone very differently had that rain not come on Friday night. I mean, that does change everything. Like Saturday morning, Georgia Southern beating UNC Greensboro eight to nothing was a bit deceiving in terms of, oh, it made you believe that, okay, Friday's rain must not. And I've heard this on the broadcast. Friday's rain doesn't seem to have impacted Georgia Southern in any way. Well, no, it may not impact them the first nine innings of the day. Yeah. It may not impact them the first 15 innings of the day. But I think we saw in the Notre Dame game, that's sort of what happened. You sort of ran out of steam because you had to play 18 innings. In uh, one- maybe. I mean, maybe. I'm just saying maybe. Like, but these are things that like went differently. Yeah. But it's you know, it's and it's not like they lost eight nothing in any of these right. games. Um, they were all close enough to where one or two differences could have could have made a difference. I think. Right, and there's not a guy in that dugout starter, pitcher, position player, bench player. There's not a guy on either of those teams that hasn't been through one of those brutal on again, off again thunderstorm summer days during a travel ball tournament where you've got two or three games scheduled. Like, they've, they've been through it before. At the end of the day, you line up and you play the game. And sure, Notre Dame had one game all day, and they got to play, you know, rest all day and then play at night when it was a little cooler. Georgia Southern had to play two. They were out there in the heat in the morning. But, I, I mean, it's, it's beside the point. It's just how things go. You, you got the game in front of you. They had a chance to win. They had a lead. They didn't do it. So you were there for – which Georgia Southern games were you there for? I was there for both the Saturday games, UNC Greensboro and Notre Dame. Okay, so you didn't – so this might it be a stupid question. Let me tell you. What'd you say? I said it was a scene. Oh, um, well, I mean, listen, on the broadcast it looked nuts how loud it was and how packed it was. Um, and so I know it was ten times that in person. But I wanted the to ask you. Bomb against Notre Dame was the loudest I've ever heard. Okay, that okay, before. okay. That's what I was going to ask you, bro. Did that come through at, in the stadium the way it did on the broadcast? Every single pitch, this Notre Dame mom, and then every now and then you'd hear what what I can only assume was an he- a heavy set South Georgia man, not named Mike Anthony, chirping back at her. Uh, was that as crazy as it sounded? Notre Dame brought some. Brought some angry ladies with him, man. Well, you know, I, I think if there's one criticism that I could have on J.I. Clements Stadium, which, by the way, props to Jared Benko and the entire athletic department doing all the extra things, uh, turn that place into about 50% larger than it usually is in terms of the footprint of J.I. Clements. They brought in the food trucks. They, they handled everything. That was as smooth as operations could go, especially considering the weather. If there is any uh, notes that I could give, it's maybe have a buffer around the hanging mics underneath the press box level where everything that gets said there will be heard and heard loud and clear. (laughs) But when it comes to that home run, it was every bit as nuts as you would have heard on the broadcast. I, uh, I was standing on the concourse level and I saw it. And the only way I can describe it is if you've ever been to a top golf or just a driving range at night, yeah, and you just absolutely sting a hybrid or a three wood, and it just glows in the lights and then disappears out into the night. That is what that shot looked like. That's awesome. That's an awesome. That yeah, that perfectly encapsulates what it looked like. Uh, Mike, has anyone ever confused you for Noah Ledford? Uh, I believe Noah Ledford's got me by about. I'm gonna say five to six inches. 
Uh, I um no no no. Okay, well then never we'll mind. Say this. We'll say this. He's thirty percent bigger than me and hits it thirty percent farther than me. So. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's transition. Well, do you want to? I'll give you the floor. Do you want to close up uh, with anything else Georgia Southern baseball related? Georgia Southern baseball social media related. Uh, Georgia I, Southern baseball season as a whole. I just don't think there's anything to say, but it was a hell of a season. You know, uh, this team, a lot of question marks coming in. Uh, this is a team that had struggled to really hit the ball, put together innings for a couple of years. And this year they turned into a team that just wouldn't go away. They had, I believe, 20 plus comeback victories. Uh, didn't have a ton of depth in pitching. But it was just a whole next man up situation the entire year. And they got it all the way to the end where you have Danny Madden going out there, uh, the elimination game versus Texas Tech. It's only his eighth start of the season. And all he does is go, you know, four strong and at least gives his team a chance, even though he ends up uh, coming up a little bit short. But this is a team full of, I guess you could just call them guys. You got one or two stars, but it was a bunch of guys that either got the job done or had the guy behind him get the job done for him all year long. And at the end of the day, you know, for 300-some-odd teams, it's going to end with somebody beating you, and Georgia Southern wasn't going to be the one that ended up winning the last one. And, you know, sucks sucks for a night or two, but in the end, the next time they host a regional, this uh, 2022 team is going to be going just as crazy as the guys from the – 08, 09, 2010 teams that I was partying with all weekend. <laughs> that's that's a podcast for another time, I think. Mike Anthony partying with those guys all weekend. There. <laughs> Probably not. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl DeMossi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah High School sports news. All right, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor we have for the Hot Grits podcast. It's Avalu Hemp Shop, Savannah's newest hemp shop at 106 West Gwinnett Street. Open seven days a week. Avalu Hemp is Georgia-grown, Georgia-owned, started in Gainesville. Uh, I know the owners pretty well. Henry and Michael and, and those guys have come down from Gainesville and opened their hemp shop by Forsyth Park. You can find it at 106 West Gwinnett Street, seven days a week, at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. That's A-V-A-L-O-O, Savannah on Instagram. Avalu has Georgia-grown hemp products, including CBD, Delta 8, gummies, edibles, flour, even dog treats. I've tried some of those gummies and they are no joke. So check them out. Avalu Hemp Shop, 106 West Gwinnett Street and at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. Uh, if you go, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you and they will hook it up for you. 
Avalu Savannah, Savannah's newest hemp shop. Let's transition to the National League East now, Mike. Uh, your Phillies made a dramatic move. Uh, you're a resident baseball guy. Um, still early, still early, but your Phillies it's not that a- early. But it's still early, kind of right. It's not. Is it late yet? I mean, it's it's, it's early for late. the waking up with a hangover. Everybody that's got a nine to five is already at work. <laughs> uh, still early in the baseball season, Mike. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about as a metaphor for the baseball season. Oh, no way. Come on. Get on my level with the wordplay. Damn. I'm going to edit this part out. (laughs) (laughs) What would you think when the Phillies fired Joe Girardi, and do you think they have a chance in the NL East now? Um, You know, I think that uh, with all the moves they made, with all the money they committed – at this point, they have to do something with the fact that I think they were 22 and 29 uh, when they when they fired them. So you have to do something, and the something can't be spend more money because, A, there's not a lot more money left to spend, and, B, it's not like there's just a guy that's going to change your season sitting on the sideline, you know, uh, the first week of June. Uh, so it made it easy that – Joe Girardi is maybe the least charismatic person I've ever seen in my life in a baseball uniform. And that that's saying a lot because there's a lot of crouchy old guys who fall asleep halfway through games that you could pick from. But I, I think that there were some quotes given by the team in the last week or two that showed that he just really didn't have their support anymore. So that was the easiest move for them to make and they made it and they did it at the perfect time with the, an ice cold angels team coming into town and sure enough, the bats went off. They won some games and it might be a fluke. It might be great timing. It might go back to being wishy-washy and 500 baseball, but at least they got, you know, a good three or four days of great press looking like they are hitting the buttons at just the right time. No. Yeah. I mean, I I thought that them firing Girardi was not going to be a catalyst of any kind. I thought it was the right decision. But I, I just did, I thought it was an obvious decision. You, you, you had to do something, and Ger- something tells me that Girardi probably knew that he wasn't getting. I mean, he had to have known he wasn't getting the job done, or wasn't the right man for the job, or you know, et cetera, et cetera. But look, the Phillies have ripped off four in a row. The Braves have ripped off five in a row. The National League East as a whole, the five National League East teams have won fourteen of their last fifteen games played combined. Um, so that's the Mets two in a row, Atlanta five in a row, Philly four in a row, and the lowly Nationals three in a row. Um, 37 and 19 for the Mets, Mike. As a Braves fan here and as a Braves podcast here, we're starting to wonder, is the National League East really what the Braves and Braves fans should be searching after? I mean, the Phillies themselves are four and a half back in the wild card. Um, the Braves are finally over 500, but do you expect the Mets to, I think either the Phillies or the Braves would, would need some sort of Mets falling back to the pack stretch as opposed to them, either one of those teams being able to legitimately rip off 11 or 12 in a row or something crazy like 13 out of 15. I think the, the, the Mets need to come back to the pack if anyone's going to catch them. They don't seem like the normal Mets this year, at least. You're you're right. And on one end of that equation, you just have to look to, 
I think it was about two or three weeks after the All-Star break last year, the uh, the Mets came to Philadelphia. They had like a four or five game lead, got swept. They ended up losing something ridiculous, like 16 out of 20 games. And they went from comfortable lead to buried in third place in the span of about three weeks. So never count out the Mets for being able to Mets this whole thing up. Correct. That said, that said, the one difference I think this year isn't Max Scherzer. It's not that Lindor has remembered how to play baseball. Buck Showalter is just easily the best manager they've had in a long time. Oh, yeah. He's been through this before. He's won it with far less talent than he has right now. So I don't think it's going to be the same old Mets that collapse. You know, injuries can always happen. Losing streaks can happen. But if there's anything that can be staved off by just a cool, calming presence or pushing the right button at the right time, I think Showalter is going to be able to to stave off, you know, any charges. That said, I think you and I would both agree that the Phillies and Braves both have the talent to rip off, you know, nine out of ten stretches. Um, it's just a matter of they're so far back right now. It, it might not uh, – might not do much except get him into the wild card chase. And I, but like, is the wild card? I think the wild card is good enough. There's people that have proven that you can get into the World Series with with oh, a wild card berth. Now, maybe not. Well, you know, look this, at the Braves last year. They think uh, didn't they have the the worst? I mean, not worse, but it was a good record. But didn't they have the least wins of anybody in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point, Mike. So get in. Good point, Mike. Get in, and once you get in, someone's got to beat you in order to go home. The Mets are hitting 270 as a team. That can't hold. That's not going to hold, right? I mean, you can't, hit, you can't hit 270 as a team over 162. I mean, that used to be the norm, but, yeah. Look not at anymore. In 240, there's teams under 240 that aren't even bad teams. No, yeah, because that's not usually an indicator. But the Braves, I guess, I mean, the Mets are going about it in a different way. The Braves, for instance, are hitting 240 on the dot. Um, but, like, I think – I just don't think that the Mets right now, I cannot picture them Metsing this up. But, again, there's plenty of precedent for that. I like the Buck Show Walter point. I, and I've said that before on this podcast with Spencer. Like, we can't over or underestimate how important it is to have that. Not that Louis Rojas was a bad manager. I just don't think that was the – the right manager, uh, but also all the stuff in the Mets front office last year that was going nuts, like on and off the field, just crazy story after crazy story. Mm-hmm. Lindor's first year, he gets off to a terrible month. Like none of that stuff is happening. Right. You had players like booing the fans at the end of the year. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a ab- shit show. I mean, it was an absolute circus. I'm going to have to jinx you on that. We shit showed at the exact same time. <laughs> Um, all right, Michael, that's all I have. You got anything else? No, um, I think the NL East, uh, for as many jabs got thrown out at the first month of the season and for as lukewarm as it is right now, I really think that, uh, it's going to start to separate. I think the Mets are going to keep winning. Maybe not at this clip. I think the Phillies and Braves are both going to maybe not catch absolute fire, but they're going to be winning teams. Uh, the Marlins, they're a good team. They just can't quite put it together. I'd say in a year or two, watch out for them. The Nats are, you know, back to being the old Nats of the the, the first part of this century. Uh, but I think you're going to have, you know, the Mets hanging on and you're going to have the Phillies and Braves really contending to, uh, to make some noise in October. 
Awesome. I hear you, Mike. Hey, appreciate you uh, filling in for Spencer San Diego. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure he's got, you know, only like a bar and a half and it's probably international rates. So <laughs> trying to keep the budget on this show down. You're going to uh, need it for high bets in your golf match. Here's what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this out right here, Mike. And instead of our regular outro song, uh, our listeners will now hear the theme song to Carmen San Diego. We'll see you guys next week. Episode 119 of the Hawk Ritz podcast. Well, she speaks about the world. residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 
233-1561. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA, is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282.